0: Morning, friends. Welcome. It is Rabbi Durbin here with Father Christian Anderson of St. Mary's, and we are here today to welcome in a great morning, a great day, and to actually learn a little bit about some of our brothers and sisters that happen to live about seven, maybe six, seven thousand miles away in the great land of Russia. So Father Anderson, what are your thoughts this
1: morning? Oh man, this is so exciting. I uh, do use a, a famous word from uh, Rabbi Durbin. Um, it, is, it is exciting and it's very interesting. Uh, I think I got the whole Durbin-esque uh, platform there. Uh, no, honestly, uh, we when I found out that we were getting the only Reform Rabbi in all of Russia, to, to fly in for this show and learn what are the differences between Russian Judaism and American Judaism. I'm really curious to learn about that. Uh, and then also too, about what, what can you tell us just about how religious practices in America and Russia are different. So, uh, this is, uh, this is a great show. And I'm glad that you'll be steering it because you guys are like besties. You guys like lived together for a while. Didn't you?
0: We did. We did. So Rabbi Leonid, uh, Rabbi Leonid Bimbat out of Moscow. Um, you know, he and I were in rabbinical school together. He was uh, a year above me. Uh, we were roommates on, uh, on Hoop Lane in North London uh, for many years. Um, I just developed a great friendship and relationship that um, has spawned for um, almost 20 years now. So it's been, it's been great. And I know I reached out to him, uh, you know, early last week and really thought, you know, it would be really interesting to kind of hear about Russian Jewry, um, what the challenges and the hope for the future is for, Uh, You know, such a vast country that we know historically has had um, great swells of numbers of Jews um, uh, in the nation. So, you know, to really get that Russian perspective of, you know, where does Judaism lie and how is it being embraced and, you know, what's the future? What's the future for Russian Jewry?
1: All right. Well, why don't we? I think he flew in already. Uh, Rabbi Leonid, uh, w- welcome to the podcast. And are you nervous at all to be on a show with two wacky Americans?
2: Well, not not really, because I first of all know Rabbi Durbin for many years, uh, nearly twenty years, uh, from 2002. and secondly, I, I know your father Christian by uh, for a couple of years because I uh, listen whenever possible to the the podcast and uh, it's always a great uh, pleasure and uh, thirdly I'm I'm not frightened of uh, American cultures so one of the books uh, uh, that I brought with me it's you can recognize even if you don't read uh, uh, read uh, the Russian letters but uh, by the picture you can recognize that it's uh, Herman Melville the Moby Dick very uh, nice it's a Russian translation so it's my uh, fun reading for the couple of months um, and once I started to read this book uh when I after five ten pages it became a bit boring so I decided to put this book away well I said okay I give it one more one more chance one more one more one more page and then Uh, I had a striking biblical uh, reference and it's wow, uh, biblical reference uh, and then another biblical reference and it's uh, just uh, amazing uh, example of uh, of American literature and I read translation and then I also looked for for original in English, which is even more uh, exciting than uh, Russian translation, so uh, that was amazing. So, and also another book, uh, which I mentioned the other day, it's the Billy Graham uh, sermons translated into Russian. Although he's uh, uh, evangelical Christian, um, the, the sermons were printed uh, in Russian Orthodox Church uh, publishing house with a nice uh, foreword.
1: We uh, have a rabbi talking about a r- Moscow rabbi talking about Billy Graham. You got to get ready for this podcast, everyone. Buckle your seatbelts. Rabbi Leonade is talking Billy Graham and Moby Dick, and we also have Rabbi Durbin here with his beautiful coiffed hair. So let's get ready to rumble for another episode of A Priest and A Rabbi. Let's go.
2: A rabbi! A priest! A rabbi! A priest! A rabbi! The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Haim or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or a Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a
1: Rabbi. Welcome Welcome to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Papa Christian here in Styrick, Florida at St. Mary's Episcopal Church, the Episcopal Church. Any other Episcopal Church you go to is second rate compared to St. Mary's that's just a joke don't believe that um and next to me is the much more professional and handsome uh cl- clergy member here of martin county and that is rabbi matthew durbin from temple back Um, but i can say that's probably the only temple because it is the only temple here so we can call it the temple of martin county um everything else is just a bunch of people meeting in a garage so uh, rabbi you um, are an esteemed member of this show because you're the other half of it. Um, how are you this morning?
0: Uh, I am wonderful. I am wonderful. For those of our listeners, um, hopefully you can hear me much better today as opposed to previous weeks. As, uh, as, as one of my members of my congregation had uh, very generously um, and unbeknownst to me uh, got me one of these just handy dandy microphones which is wonderful. And it's, it's great. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for today. It's going to be awesome. Well,
1: you already uh, lost the challenge that I gave to you. Um, and I gave it, I gave a challenge to Rabbi Durbin before we started the show is that you cannot say the words um, exciting or excited or no, you haven't, you haven't blown the other one yet, which is interesting. Can Rabbi Durbin go throughout this whole show without saying the word interesting. So uh, you uh, uh, listeners, We might bore you to tears, but at least you can play that game. See if Rabbi Durbin um, will say the word interesting. And if he does, the first caller to call in will get a free T-shirt from St. Mary's. So give us a call here at 772 two two zero nine seven eight eight if rabbi durbin says the word interesting you get a free t-shirt that he will buy for you okay um all right my friends today our show is called to russia with love um because we like 007 and we love james bond i think that was a james bond movie was it rabbi durbin it was okay, great. You sound so good now. You sound so good with your microphone. Mm. The power of asking for things as a clergy member. We have to ask a lot. We have to ask for money. We have to ask for people to show up, people to volunteer. You asked for a microphone and poof, it just disappeared. Just uh, and uh, we have, an, a, we have a, a wonderful guest who uh, has spent the last two days flying here just for this show, all the way from Russia. And he is going to enlighten us with Many things, but part of it is, as, as American Judeo-Christians, um, or at least people who believe in Judeo-Christian values, uh, it's important for us to get reflection of <laughs> how how is our faith celebrated in other parts of the world? Because we see, we have to be aware of that our faith. So as a Christian, I have to be aware that my Christianity has been formed through the American lens. And my friends, this is a very important thing for us as believers your faith has been formed by the country that you were raised in it is a culture it's a rich culture we love our culture here in america and we have to be aware of when it sometimes is countercultural to our faith and that's a tough thing for us to do because we are very proud of our country Uh, but in order for us to grow deeper as jews deeper as christians because our first and primary commitment is to our faith and then country second, which I know is a tough one for some of us to hear, but it's true. Uh, um, We have to be aware. So in part of that, we will uh, listen to um, um, our our wonderful rabbi from Russia, and we're going to bounce off and riff here about just the difference in Russian and uh, American culture, but also what is Judaism like in Russia right now? What is it like to be a rabbi in Russia? And really uh we're we're really excited for Rabbi uh, Leonid. To, ooh,
0: uh, ooh, can we can we just call you on it? So um uh, Father Anderson used the word interesting, so he will be giving no, it was away exciting.
1: It was exciting. It wasn't interesting. Oh. I said the word exciting, it is recorded. So don't even so, try to like
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, all right, we'll, so enough of
1: this craziness. Let's enough of this.
0: So it is it is with great pleasure. Uh and I'm really, I'm 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 really I'm really inspired today because not only do we have uh, Rabbi Leonid Bimbat, who comes here from Moscow, he is from the Moscow Center for Progressive Judaism, or also known as the Moscow Reform Synagogue out of Moscow. And Rabbi Leonid comes from, uh, uh, born and raised in the Ural Mountains. Uh, in eastern Russia. Um, Rabbi Bimbat and I have been very close friends for uh, almost 20 years now. Uh, we both met each other in 2002. Uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Bimbat was a year above me in rabbinical school. Um, we have maintained uh, just a close friendship over the years. Um, this, is a, this is a guy who is selfless, who gives everything of himself. Um, I really would not be where I am today as Rabbi Ben-Bad, as you know, of those countless nights of helping me through Aramaic and through Hebrew and through our text. Um, It's just we we have a wonderful relationship uh, and just great and deep friendship. And it is I'm really excited. Sorry, there goes the T-shirt. There goes the T-shirt. And also I can give out my T-shirts if people want. It just will happen to say. You can walk around town being Rabbi Matthew J. Durbin, but um, um, it's, this is—you know—it's—it's it's interesting. It's amazing to be able to experience both American culture as we talk about it through our respective lenses, but also to be able to hear it from the very far east of having, you know, Rabbi Bimbat to discuss what is it like being Jewish in a culture and a country where we know historically had not been the most forthcoming with Jews. You know, what was that like and what is it like now living in Russia uh, and and inspiring the youth and Jewish movement? So it is with great joy and tremendous pleasure that we welcome Rabbi Leonid Bimbat out of Moscow. Good morning, or I should say good afternoon to you.
2: Yeah, it's good afternoon in Moscow, and it is uh, good morning, uh, America, and uh, I'm very excited to be on this radio show, and uh, in Judaism we say blessing when something good happens for the first time, blessing is called Sheikianu, and today would be, I would say, triple Sheikianu, because first of all, it's It's my first ever radio show in any language. Uh, And it's also uh, first ever Interfaith Dialogue event uh, that I participate in, and especially event uh, which uh, uh, is in in other language than Russian. uh, And it's very remarkable for me. And uh, the third uh, uh, occasion is uh, that uh, today, it's my 14th anniversary of uh, uh, being a rabbi in Moscow. Uh, actually, arrived to Moscow 22nd uh, July uh, 2007. And that would be to, uh, 2007, my first full uh, full working day in the summer camp near Moscow. Uh, so I remember arriving to Moscow three weeks after ordination in London uh, and starting to work the very same day I arrived uh, to Moscow and it's still going on. So today's uh, 14th anniversary, so Bar Mitzvah 13th anniversary was last year. And today it's the 14th anniversary of my first uh, working day. And uh, I would say that I'm still enjoying very much uh, being a rabbi in in Russia. Uh, It's uh, very challenging sometimes. but mostly it's exciting so I, I like to I like this word excitement and exciting so <laughs> if, if it will go on exciting, exciting, exciting but uh, as uh, as in the movie called the Borat, uh, he always say uh, uh, very excited uh, nice, uh, very excited so uh, it's, uh, it's but it's excitement for a for good reason and uh, generally if you would ask me about being uh, being a Jew in Russia, I would say that for the past uh, 30 years, just imagine uh, the long history of uh, Russia of over a thousand years, and more or less the same story of uh, Jews in Russia, that for the first time ever, uh, Jews in Russia on the last 30 years enjoy the full freedom of uh, religious expression and the full freedom of uh, uh, of congregational life. Uh, and Jews now can choose uh, whatever strategy in life they prefer or to immigrate uh, or to, uh, to go to Israel, go to some other countries, or to go back to Russia by free will. No one would force them uh, uh, to leave Russia. No one would force them to go to Russia. Uh, so we are enjoying here, Unprecedented freedom in hundreds of years. So that's, uh, I would say, very interesting, very uh, uh, remarkable time, and uh, that uh, thanks to the changes that happened uh, in Russia previously in the Soviet Union uh, in its last years. And also uh, appreciation... Rabbi, can was, I jump in there real quickly? Yeah, what sorry. are
1: the changes that you mentioned? You said there were changes that happened in the last year that allow you, as a Russian Jew, to feel, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but freer or just more comfortable to practice. Uh, can, can you can you speak to those changes?
2: Yeah, so the, the changes didn't happen uh, overnight. It, it took uh, us a long time. And, and now, after 30 years of... Uh, a religious freedom in in Russia. I would say that we are still in the very beginning of establishing uh, a real, proper Jewish life uh, in sense of synagogue uh, structures. We're just in the very beginning. It's it's not it's not that easy, given all the different uh, circumstances uh, that uh, surround us. But I, I would say that everything was. So possible because of the fight for Soviet Jews that uh, uh, was a great company in your country in, in America in 60s and 70s with the slogan uh, "Let my people go, Shlachna et amin So that uh, that was very important uh, for the Russian Jews, although they uh, mostly were unaware of that campaign in the 60s and 70s but uh, uh, that campaign uh, brought brought about the changes
0: so when you when you when you look at, at, at as you said the changes that have occurred over the last 30 some odd years in Russia uh, are you are you you know wh- what does that look like for you know the 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 average Jew living in Russia in terms of are you seeing more russian jews coming forward and exploring their own sense of judaism or that for some russian jews they've had to hide their judaism for a while and now are coming out i think it's also important for our listeners to understand in terms of um movement and demographics of what does jewish life look like in russia in terms of we have the orthodox right uh chabad um and then we have progressive judaism Whereas in the United States, we have Reform Judaism, Conservative Judaism, Reconstructionist Judaism, and Orthodoxy. What, is, what does the makeup look like for you in Russia? What does that look like?
2: Well, so it's a very different uh, structure of Jewish community in Russia and generally in the former Soviet Union the countries than you can experience in America. And I've been to America, and I've seen different uh, congregations. Uh, so I, I would say that we are a long way to to establish uh, such congregations. Uh, and it's uh, and obviously your congregations were not established in twenty years and thirty years. It, there are some congregations that exist for hundreds of years. Um, and in in Russia uh, now, I, I would say that in, in terms of uh, Jewish life. Uh, uh, we have more Chabad or orthodox uh, dominance in Jewish life that happens for various historical reasons and um, also uh, what is progressive or Reform Judaism in Russia that it's not imported uh, from say America or uh, Europe or Israel uh, it's home grown uh, natural organic Judaism for Russian Federation or for some other countries of former Soviet Union. And it takes lots of time to establish uh, that Judaism uh, because we don't believe in uh, people who would bring us uh, the true religion, the true understanding of Jewish life, because that looks completely different if you see uh, Jewish life in London, uh, you experience that uh, a lot, uh, and that looks completely different from... uh, uh from your home country and uh, also it, it's very different from uh from my country do you have
0: do you have any support um at all from the russian state i mean does the russian government support progressive judaism at all?
2: no we don't know how many specific ties with uh, the russian government uh, the good about it that no one would intervene into our internal affairs so no one would demand what we should preach about in our sermons. And the uh, general uh, saying of the Fathers in Perke Avot uh, that try to be as far from powers as uh, as possible. Uh, so that we are known to power to local uh, authorities, but uh, we keep a good relationship with them. Um, We are faithful uh, citizens of russia um, and uh, in return the state does not intervene into our internal uh, life uh, in the life of uh, congregation and uh, uh, how we should read the torah or whatever Mm -hmm. the formulation of uh, liturgy so it's it's all up to uh, to us and as i said it's long way uh, ahead to form, uh, say, lay leadership, because it's.
0: But in, in, uh, in also also Rabbi lean in terms of say uh, the Russian government having grants or available resources as we have here in the United States um, of building community, um, does that does that exist? Is that is there conversations about that in terms of how to support um, other religious institutions within the Russian state or?
2: No, that's not really the case uh, because Russia is a country with a Orthodox Christian dominance. Even there are some tensions between Orthodox Christians and some other denominations of uh, Christianity. That would be uh, that would be different story. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, you can apply for certain grants in uh, there was, but it's. Uh, long, and very difficult, uh, very difficult procedure. Rabbi, how long ago was it that you, uh,
1: where it was not easy to practice religion, or was there ever a time for a Jew in Russia where it was a little more difficult to freely and openly practice, uh, for you?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. As I said, uh, the only. Good time to practice Judaism is last uh, 30 years before that, especially if we talk about Soviet times, uh, it was not uh, really possible to establish a synagogue to uh, even even to learn Hebrew was prohibited.
1: So how did Jews thrive during that time? Did they just practice privately in their homes? Uh, like how does how does one continue their faith practices when
2: the state is cracking down? So what uh, happened during the Soviet times, and I can tell it from all the generation of my family, that they kept some kind of grassroots connections between each other and amazing fact uh, uh, from, My grandfather and grandmother from uh, maternal side of of the family, um, so that's my mother's parents, who uh, were married in 1950, but at the same time, uh, after the legal uh, official ceremony of marriage, uh, they had a chupa. Unofficially, obviously, there was no rabbi in, at that time uh, in the city of uh, Nizhny Novgorod in the central Russia where they were born. Uh, but uh, there were all obviously families around them who wanted them to have a proper Jewish ceremony. And they uh, considered uh, the ceremony as a joke, but much later, after 50 years of their marriage, they would uh, recall uh, that ceremony. In in fact, that was very dangerous in 1950. It was still time of uh, Stalin. Uh, That was three years before his death. Uh, But they were uh, having a a traditional wedding ceremony, Uh, not because they were members of synagogue, just because their families wanted them to have some kind of Jewish uh, ceremony and uh, both, uh, both were Jewish. But then, Funny fact that they escaped that uh, city and went to another place, uh, just like first Reform Jews left uh, Shtetls and went to big cities. So that that's also part of uh, 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 Jewish uh, uh, Jewish survival story because some people uh, wanted uh, to assimilate and they wanted to be. Faithful Soviet citizens—they uh, wanted to contribute a lot to uh, growing economy—and uh, so that 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 uh, that is uh, also part of the story. Is uh, if you imagine Soviet times, immigration was a, was not possible at all. There was a huge fight. Uh, from Russian Jews in America and some other Western countries in 60s, 70s through late 80s for freedom of immigration, but it was not uh, very easy and there were very little amount of people who would be allowed out of the Soviet Union. But second strategy uh, would be assimilation, mm-hmm. integration into society and uh, but the, the core of that intention was very Jewish, uh, and it's called the Tikkun Olam. They wanted uh, their country to be a better place. Uh, they wanted to invent uh, lots of uh, things. They wanted to to work as engineers, as uh, uh, as artists, and in many in many fields. And they were very successful hmm. because I think I uh, think it's
0: also. Important for us to, to also recognize with uh, Rabbi Bimbat here out of out of Moscow, um, as 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 he mentioned in terms of, you know, him uh, being a progressive rabbi uh, and obviously the the uh, other abilities of Chabad out there, but also to be able to put out that Russia, as we know, being the 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 largest, uh, you know, one of the largest countries in the world and, and very vast, is that um, from my understanding, Rabbi Bimbat, that you are the only. Progressive rabbi in the country.
2: Yeah, currently that's true at, oh. at the moment. Yeah, at wow. the moment.
0: Wait, wait, yeah. wait, Rabbi derby can you repeat that? So again, um as we know, Russia is uh um whatever it may be the 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 second largest country in the no, that's my my former country, Canada. Um, Russia being the largest uh, landmass in terms of Rabbi Bimbat being the only. Let me let me also stress this: the only reform or progressive rabbi in the entire country and based in moscow which i would assume that you probably traveled to st petersburg and other places around russia but and and i know we're, we're running a bit on, on time here we're going to take a break in a minute but as we come back maybe we can hear from you rabbi binbat what that's like being the only progressive rabbi in a country that is so vast and how do you reach out And try and get on the fringes of those other areas around such a huge country to embrace or to develop or even acknowledge their own sense of Judaism. That's That's why Rabbi
1: Leonid is so in shape, because he's always on the move. I mean, he's got to go all the way to Serbia and back because this guy is the only reform uh, rabbi. Wow, what an honor, my friend. Listen, we're going to give you a second to think about that answer. We're going to take a break to find out about the people who support this show. Allow us to be able to be on the air with great folks like Rabbi Leonid. If any of you want to support this show, please let us know. Give us a call here at the studio, 772-220-9788, so we can uh, raise up the funds to fly in people on Zoom Airlines like Rabbi Leonid. We're going to be back with part two of A Priest and a Rabbi, where we're talking about um, religion uh, in other countries and what does that mean to look like about right here in the States. We'll be right back here on A Priest and a Rabbi. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at Christian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning priest and a rabbi radio show with father Christian and rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. Welcome back to part two of a priest and a rabbi. And, uh, you know, just so funny listening to Todd Newton, who always leads us back into the second part of the show uh, that was made during a time when we were looking as the favorites to win the great, uh, Florida Podcast Award. Um there's the greatest podcast the finest podcast. The finest
0: podcast sorry, award.
1: sorry. My, that thank you my friend. Finest. Um we did not win. And we we were second place and there is no second place. We just lost. So, um we're un- unfortunately we were almost the award-winning show. So just to, uh, to, uh, quote, to
0: quote to quote Ricky Bobby, if
1: you're not first, you're last. You're last. So, unfortunately friends, we'll give it a shot another time, but until then we're just a bunch of losers up here trying to create a, a fun podcast but thank you uh Todd Newton for at least uh making the appearance of it okay we're back to what's really important which is Rabbi Leonid uh, Bimbat, all the way from Moscow so if you have just tuned in we have the only reform rabbi in all of Russia um he has to uh he is a an honored member of the clergy and we are uh, excited to what is it like to be the only reform rabbi out there so we're going to start there that's where we picked up off the first half and again if you missed the first half of the show we do have a podcast and you could always just search a priest and rabbi podcast on any platform and you'll find us subscribe like and share give it to your friends and then send us checks so we can bring in more great guests like rabbi leonid all right and if, you, leonid.
0: if you would like to ask a question please give us a call here at wstu 772-220-9788 um, again, Rabbi Leonid Bimbat out of Moscow. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him. Um, you know, Leonid and I spent many years together at rabbinical school. Uh, we were roommates uh, for a while, which was great, um, in the infamous house on Hoop Lane in Golders Green. Uh, on the Jewish Cemetery, uh, just a wonderful, just wonderful experiences that we both share, uh, making great parties on the Queen's Gardens down in central London. Um, but it is wonderful to have Rabbi Bimbat here to join us on our program. Um, and as Father Anderson, as you said, too, you know, to be able to hear about what is it like? I mean, is it lonely for you? What kind of support do you have uh, being the only uh, uh, reformed progressive rabbi in a country the size uh, you know, uh, of 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 Canada. I mean, of, of four thousand miles. What is that like in terms of your experience, your ability to inspire and travel and to galvanize um, and, and and resurge in some way Jewish life? So, what is that? What has that been like for you?
2: So, I wouldn't uh, overestimate uh, being the only rabbi in in uh, in, in entire Russia uh, physically. That's true. Physically, at the moment, I'm the only reformed rabbi in the Russian Federation. Uh, but uh, I, w- I also have the support of uh, our senior rabbi, Rabbi Sasha, or Alexander Liskovoy, uh, who is currently in Germany, but uh, hopefully he'll be with us uh, very soon, especially for the period of uh, high holidays. Um, but yes, on the daily basis, uh, for certain periods of time, uh, I'm uh, the only rabbi, so I have to travel to different places, but I also have the support of uh, our wonderful team of uh, Moscow office, of our Moscow Center uh, for uh, Progressive Judaism, and uh, I have the support of uh, our counter, Dmitry, uh, and the support of uh, head of our office, uh, Valeria, and our accountant, uh, Nelly, so we're only uh, four people in uh, in a small uh, office uh, near the Astankina Telecom Tower. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, as as a famous quote goes, it's not it's not the size; it's how you use it. Uh, so it's mostly uh, it's mostly about the uh, efficacy of our work. And uh, I'm very proud of uh, being a team uh, of such a wonderful. Individuals committed to this uh, very important uh, mission. And by the way, uh, I would love some people from Russia to join your pod- uh, podcast. And uh, I, I, I know that some people uh, are watching this now online, and I hope more people will join uh, your show. Uh, so, I would do vice versa, so I would ask you both a short question. Just in one or two sentences, uh, describe the essence of your wonderful project and why people in Russia, regardless of faith, uh, should uh, listen to it or even join your broadcast.
0: Um, I I think that's a a, a, a fantastic question. you know, it's funny when when Father Anderson and I decided to undergo this venture uh, almost three years ago. Three yeah, years ago yeah. in uh, three years ago in October. You know, um, the message was very clear. We wanted to be able to highlight and showcase both of our respective religious faiths and traditions, as well as to debunk some of the stereotypes or the myths associated with it. I think for us, the big crux of it was to be able to engage and to inspire and to really show people about our similarities, not so much our differences. Um, And it's been wildly successful. We have uh, a lot of listeners, which is great. Uh, We've developed a deep and and great friendship between the uh, the both of us and our respective communities, which actually serves in a great um, um, way that when we do programs or activities that we can co-align ourselves with a church organization that will support us. Uh, And I know for majority, if not the entire congregation, our temple feels very, just very humbled and very honored to be able to have a strong relationship. And I think that for us, or at least for me, the 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 reason to listen is it's about community. It's about forming relationships and and bridging beyond uh, what we can do.
1: Is it my turn now?
0: It is. Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Rabbi Durbin. Um, oddly, but that, no, I, I I usually do. Sometimes, uh, but that our show was. We're not a scholarly show. Like one time, we we got a comment um, from actually a series of comments from a listener who was very frustrated with us because she wanted more scholarship. We didn't quote enough sources, and I said, "Listen, that that's not our show. I mean, we we are not here for the highly intellectual." A conversation because if it was i wouldn't be on the show uh rabbi Durbin could be he's much smarter than me but we really want to get more to the relational part now, the relationship that happens between a priest and a rabbi and then between a christian and a jew because at the end of the day we're just two human beings um, and and our faiths lead us to be better human beings because of our obedience to our loving god uh, and we want to show a that clergy people are just normal folks who make a ton of mistakes who are imperfect So we want to strip down any kind of. A facade that surrounds a priest and a rabbi, and then get to the relational part. And, and fortunately that has led to our congregations now being more involved with one another. And so it's always been a relational thing. It's always been more like letting you learn more and a curiosity, a holy curiosity for one another. Uh, and it's grown from there. So that I think as we continue to just be obedient to God and see where are you leading this podcast, it allows for now more people to feel the permission, especially with the rise of antisemitism in, a, in, in the States, uh, the, these relationships are so key uh, to to build before the chaos starts, right? So, so we we we've been in relationship before the chaos, or at least like the recent chaos with, with Jews in America. There's always been chaos, um, so yeah. So it's always been very very relational. That's 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 the big the big focus.
0: I think I think also for for the both of us, I think it was um, and Father Anderson, as you said too. Look, we live in a world now uh, of rampant anti-Semitism. Um, and really being able for our listeners to understand what we as Jews practice and believe, as well as, you know, what Christianity believes or, you know, Episcopal, Episcopalians in terms of, um, you know, their belief system so that we can kind of learn from one another. What, you know, in terms of your perspective, I mean, you know, you're in the very Far East, you're in Russia, I mean, you must experience anti-Semitism as a, as, 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 as a Jewish-Russian Um You know, how has that been recently or um, throughout, you know, history? I mean, we don't need to go back uh, through Russian history in terms of pogroms or or, uh, other, uh, you know, uh, uh, very difficult experiences for Jews. But have you seen a rise in anti-Semitism in in Russia? Is it being talked about? What what has that been like?
2: Yeah, well, overall experience in antisemitism now is that uh, compared to some other countries we have a minimum of antisemitism and especially uh, compared to the previous uh, history of uh, my country uh, our antisemitism is uh, very low and obviously there are some uh, uh, cases uh, but there is nothing on, on behalf of the state as it, as it used to be So nothing like in the Soviet times Um, and there are some uh, some incidents uh, sometimes uh, on the media or online. But uh, but uh, compared to the previous history, I would call them uh, minor accidents. And uh, uh, that doesn't really uh, uh, talk about uh, the nature of, uh, of the country. So, and many people say that Russia is now more safe for the Jews uh, uh, than some than some other countries in the world. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that I think that's, some people would find that uh, surprising to to know that. So that, that's that's great to hear. Um, rabbi, we got to ask you this. So, as we learn more about e- e- each other's cultures, what is your view as a rabbi in Russia, as the only? reform rabbi in Russia, what is your view view of American Judaism? When you think of American Judaism, let's talk about um, one thing that really excites you and also one thing that kind of shocks you. So like, it was like, you're like, one's like, wow, that's really cool. Another one, you're like, huh, that's very different than us. And I'm not sure about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, let me just show you some, uh, some books because I, I, I love books. So we just had uh, the book of Martin Goodman, History of Judaism, uh, translated into Russian. That's uh, that's the huge volume, uh, about uh, 700 pages, uh, translated uh, very beautifully into Russian language. And it uh, it shows uh, uh, that greatness of uh, American Judaism. Uh, And uh, I look at American Judaism as also maybe Judaism in United Kingdom in, uh, with great envy for some good reason, because uh, those two parts of the world, I mean, North America and uh, Great Britain, uh, show us how Judaism would look like if it develops independently, uh, without any uh, horrors of uh, Holocaust, uh, without... Uh, communism without uh, some other uh, extremist uh, political views. So that that would uh, that for me uh, is a great example. And I always uh, say that uh, the very reason that Reform Judaism is a leading uh, stream of Judaism in America and it's also very strong in uh, United Kingdom is uh, uh, that Jews were free to choose. Uh, whatever synagogue they want to belong and this was not the case uh, in the, some uh, other countries or if you see uh, modern israel uh, with uh, a high level of religious extremism uh, on the state level uh, so that that wouldn't be uh, the case uh, we were looking for but uh, in case of uh, united states uh, canada general North America, United Kingdom, I I would see a good example. Hmm. And uh, what what is shocking for some people and some people ask me uh, about American reform Judaism, sometimes uh, I got such questions. Uh, uh, Yeah, America is very different uh, country from from Russia, and uh, there are certain uh, 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 things which are forbidden in uh, in Russian Federation. Oh, do tell, so, do tell. So yeah, it's uh, what we call the same-sex uh, commitment ceremonies, which oh, are completely banned in in Russia. So we're not going to discuss uh, that issue because it's it's against uh, it's against the law of uh, of Russian Federation. Uh, so that's that uh, I always tell that it's a completely different society and. Uh, uh, what we are uh, uh, also talking now is that uh, each country forms uh, the nature of Judaism somehow. So the nature of Judaism is influenced uh, by local customs, uh, uh, by laws of uh, that particular country. Uh, so Russian Jews are very different from Jews in Israel or from Jews in America or in Germany, so it, it all depends on, on the country. So if I talk about uh, uh, challenges uh, which we are dealing now in, uh, in my country, they are all different from uh, what you experience, uh, Robert Durbin, uh, say in, in, in your countries, in Canada or now in, in America. So I would mention three major challenges for us, so three major things that we are dealing now. And first, first thing I would say that it's the issue of uh, patrilineality. So we're, we're talking about patrilineal Jews who were discriminated twice in their life. Uh, first of all, they were discriminated uh, during Soviet times because of uh, patriarchal, uh, so to speak, uh, nature of uh, Russian society. When everything goes according to the father descent. And if, you, uh, if your father is Jewish, you are considered Jewish by your environment. That was the case in Soviet times. So people were discriminated on the basis of uh, father's origin uh, because it's uh, the same surname, and they were discriminated. Uh, I would say from uh, kindergarten uh, up to university, and there were certain positions uh, in society which were were not open to Jews. Uh, so, uh, but once that was over, and uh, the synagogues opened in in, uh, in Russia. People of that origin came to uh, to rabbis, mostly orthodox rabbis, uh, and they suddenly discovered that according to Allah, to Jewish law, they're not Jewish. So, and again, they experienced uh, uh, horrible discrimination. And what we're dealing now is explaining people that actually half of our Jewish history, we lived with patrilineal descent, which was... Uh, a part of the Jewish legislation uh, only from 5th, uh, 6th uh, century CE of common year. So it's only uh, some uh, 1500, uh, uh, 1500 years. It's not it's not the entire Jewish history. So that's the first part. It's already done for America. For America. It's for Reform Judaism in England uh, or in some other parts of Europe, uh, it's already done. But for us, it's uh, it's uh, forefront of uh, our our fight for the for the Jews. So we are fighting this issue. Second issue that we are also fighting, uh, it's equal rights for men and women. Uh, because I always have questions about women being called to the Torah, and we need to describe to people that Judaism. Is uh, about equal rights, and we are fighting for this. It's not. It's not uh, that uh, that obvious for our country. Uh, so, and there is lots of work to be done, uh, even now in the 20, uh, first year of the twenty first uh, century. In 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 my country, in many other countries, it's already uh, it's already done, and it's there is no no such an issue. And third issue which is still burning because we have many people uh, who come to us and uh, claim their Jewishness because they say that uh, they have lost uh, or hidden Jewish identity of uh, their grandparents, even great-grandparents who have uh, hidden some proofs that they were Jewish and they bring uh, some uh, memories of their childhood and I heard many stories of that, uh, of that kind, like one uh, one member of our congregation told, oh, now I understand that my grandmother uh, was not talking uh, German, she was actually talking Yiddish, now I understand that it was Yiddish, hmm. and I always thought uh, it was German, uh, and, uh, and also another proof that it was not German, that uh, she always insisted uh, on certain pottery for milk and uh, dairy products on one side and for uh, for meat on the other side. So don't, and she always uh, was horrified when somebody would mix the, the, the plates uh, and uh, that would not be the case of ordinary Jewish, uh, non-Jewish, sorry, non-Jewish grandmother. So uh, I would say that there are three major areas where we have... Uh, lot of work uh, to be done so that's that could sound uh, a bit naive for uh, american reform judaism um, uh, and when people ask me about some other uh, spheres i say uh, always that we are not there yet so it's, gotcha gotcha uh, so
1: so if you if you want to get so rabbi durbin and i see something that's going on in our society uh, whether it's a uh, religious racial ethic injustice, we can just Call up Martin County and say we're gonna do a march on the bridge and we go marching and we get signs and we pray together um hug it out you know whatever and um, can you do that? Can you just go and start marching down the street and saying we want women's rights in the name of God
2: yeah we can we can do certain obviously we can do certain activities together with the Christian community and we do lots of activities uh uh, in support of Israel, so there are some legal procedures if you want to do some uh, open air activity for X amount of people. Yeah, but this this could be done. It's uh, it's not not forbidden. But and uh, also would like to mention that we do a lot of interfaith uh, activities in Russia, gotcha. and we have uh, uh, nearly ten years of uh, very successful. Uh, uh, paschal passover uh, festival uh, which was first for jews and christians and now we have uh, also muslim community who join us and also buddhists uh who don't truly don't have uh, any passover festival of any kind but uh, they have some conception of freedom in buddhism so there are lots of uh things we can talk about uh, in the framework of uh, Pascal or passover uh, interfaith uh, festival so we we do something in and, and, the and, of,
0: yeah. and rabbi lini you know looking looking i know we are running out of time we only have a couple minutes um you know in terms of as as the challenges that you expressed in terms of russian jewry and and embracing judaism where do you see the future of progressive judaism in russia Where do you see it going?
2: So the future is in the hands of uh, the Jews. So if uh, Jews of Russia claim their Jewishness, and especially people of uh, mixed marriages and people of uh, uh, patrilineal descent, uh, people whose identity was hidden for decades. So if they claim that uh, they want... uh, uh, New type of Judaism. They want synagogue. Uh, they would be proud to belong to. So there is a future. So the future is always uh, in the hands of uh, of, uh, of Russian Jews, and I uh, I truly believe that uh, there is a huge way uh, to development. Uh, and also, by the way, uh, in May two thousand twenty-two world union for progressive judaism plans its mission to the former soviet union countries of russia ukraine and belarus so if any of your listeners would like uh, to join that mission uh, uh, i assume that uh, they should be in contact with rabbi durban and then with the, with the with your faithful servant in uh, in moscow and yeah and anyway, I'm, uh, I will be glad to meet all of you in, uh, in Moscow. And we can do a radio show from Red Square or from uh, Astankin or Telecom Tower. So we have uh, very remarkable places here in Moscow. Well, my wife are coming to
1: visit you. So my wife and kid, are just, we're going to come. Absolutely.
0: We always want to go to Moscow. So thank you for the invitation. We'll, we'll be we there. Can always, we can always drink tea in the Russian tea room.
2: Sure, that's that's you're always welcome.
0: And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a Father Christian thing right now, which is a um, Rabbi Leonid, If people wanted to learn more about you and your community and the organization, how can they best learn more about you or find you? Um, what's the best way?
2: So the best, uh, as we are now in the in uh, Facebook uh, area, so it's uh, just Google Rabbi Bimbat or join join our facebook group of moscow center for progressive judaism just contact me and i will uh, provide all the information and i'll be happy to uh to answer any questions
0: and look the amazing thing too is rabbi leonid is able to meet you on the border of poland all the way all the way to siberia all you got to do is just give him about 24 hours notice to be able to get there rabbi leonid um Look on behalf of myself, on behalf of uh, our community, on behalf of a priest and a rabbi, we thank you for joining us. Um, this is a conversation that we can have uh, into the future. Um, again, it is uh, such a pleasure to have you on our program, and um, it's it, it's been a long time since you and I have had the opportunity to see one another uh, and to talk. And it's been um, it's been it's been a great joy.
2: Yeah, next year in Moscow. Next year in
0: Moscow, to Russia with love, baby. Janah,